From WNYC, this is Money Talking. I'm Charlie Herman. The Plaza Hotel is a New York City icon. Located at the corner of 59th Street and 5th Avenue, across from Central Park, for more than 100 years, it's been synonymous with opulence and wealth. It's where Eloise, that mischievous six-year-old guest, took the elevator on joyrides, where the Beatles greeted mobs of screaming fans and Truman Capote rubbed elbows with Frank Sinatra at the famous black and white ball. It's also had a starring role in TV shows like The Sopranos. Every year on this date, since you were itty bitty, Mom and Meadow get all dolled up, drive into New York Plaza Hotel for tea under Eloise's portrait. To movies like Home Alone 2. What kind of hotel allows a child to check in alone? The boy had a very convincing story. What kind of idiots do you have working here? The finest in New York. It's a fixture in American culture. From the beginning, the story of the plaza is the story of New York, a history filled with colorful guests, financial uncertainty, and a controversial transformation from a hotel to a multi-million dollar condominium. With me to discuss the hotel past and present is Julie Setow. She's the author of the new book, The Plaza, The Secret Life of America's Most Famous Hotel. Julie, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. There are a lot of famous hotels in the city, like the Waldorf or the Algonquin. What makes the plaza so unique? Well, the plaza, unlike the Waldorf, for instance, is the original building. The Waldorf was torn down to actually make room for the Empire State Building. So it's not the original Waldorf. And so you have that longevity and consistency, which I think is important, but also its location. It's right on the corner of Central Park, sort of in the center of Manhattan. And so many ways, Manhattan is the center of, you know, America. So it really has that central importance. One of the things reading the book that I was surprised at was just, in a way, how scandalous the history is of the building. There was a murder that happened when the building was going up. There were a lot of colorful characters who made their way through the plaza. Were you surprised when she started diving into the book? Yeah, I was really wonderfully surprised in a good way. And I found all these stories that had been sort of forgotten over time. So for instance, the murder you mentioned, while they were constructing the hotel, there were union tensions, which we understand well even today. And the owners hired non-union workers and the union workers got so angry that they pushed a security guard off the unfinished eighth floor of the hotel and he died. And there was a huge court case and it was it was a big deal at the time. They called it murder in midair because they eighth floor was very high back then. So yeah, it was a cool way to begin, I thought. When we think about some of the colorful characters at the plaza, perhaps one of the biggest ones is Donald Trump. There was a period of time where he actually owned the building. How did that come to pass and how did he lose control of the plaza? Almost every decade that I tried to explore the plaza's history, it reflected back what was going on in New York and what was going on across the country. And it's the same with Donald Trump in so many ways. It's illustrative of the larger story of the 45th president. He bought the hotel in 1988. He was at the peak of the go-go 80s. He was really the real estate golden boy. All the banks couldn't wait to give him money. So he bought it for over $400 million, which was an absolute record. He borrowed the entire amount from banks which was common for him back then. And because he made such a bad business deal, even though the plaza actually did quite well under his tenure, and it wasn't actually his tenure, it was Ivana Trump who who really ran the hotel. He had made her president. Even though she did quite well, he couldn't pay down the debt. And three years after he bought it, it went bankrupt. He became the only owner in, in its history to bankrupt the hotel. And, and after Trump, the plaza's owners have included a Saudi prince, a Singaporean billionaire, an Indian businessman. It's since been carved up into luxury condos, a boutique hotel, retail stores. Why has all that happened with this building? 
he really, after Trump lost the plaza, it sort of opened it up to foreign ownership. It was the beginning of this trend. In many ways, the plaza sort of led a lot of these trends that you see in real estate and, and wealth in New York. So a Saudi prince and a Singaporean billionaire bought the hotel. And a few years later, they sold it to um, an Israeli developer who was a condominium developer. And it was at the peak of the condo boom in, in the early 2000s. And so the hotel doesn't make a lot of financial sense, especially a grand hotel in Manhattan where real estate is so expensive. So it made sense to turn it into condominiums. And he tried to turn the entire hotel into condominiums, but yet to bring it back to unions, the union fought him and it retained a a boutique hotel, but the rest of it are condominiums owned by many foreigners. And really it was sort of, even when they were selling the condo, it was the beginning of that billionaire's row kind of foreign ownership of condominiums. That billionaire's row along 57. Seventh Street, some of those really high towers that are there. So, so who is living in the building now? You know, I actually uncovered quite a few owners that hadn't been previously named. I found um, a guy who used to be the prime minister of a country near Fiji. It's a little island nation who bought an apartment there for $15 million. I called some local um, newspaper men over in his home country. They were very shocked to hear that. I mean, there's also obviously Bob Kraft, who owns the New England Patriots. There's a lot of bold-faced names, but there's a lot of shell companies and mysterious owners or random you know, foreigners. So you report that when the plaza was built, it was the most expensive hotel at the time, and now it's condos and a hotel. What does the building then tell us about New York City real estate? Yeah, in the beginning, when it opened in 1907, it cost $12.5 million, which was an absolute record. It actually, interestingly, was one of the first buildings where wealthy people decided to come and move in. And what was interesting back in 1907 is that hotels and apartments were sort of interchangeable. Many people lived in hotels full time, and most of the people who moved into the plaza at first uh, lived there full time. So you really had the kind of beginning of wealthy people uh, moving into apartments when the plaza opened. And so you had Alfred Gwynne Vanderbilt and these wealthy millionaires, and uh, it became more acceptable to live in these apartments. And now you have this similar thing going on with the condominiums. So it really does kind of track over more than a century of a similar kind of trend. From your research and really studying this building, this hotel, what does the plaza tell us about the changes in American society? Yeah, I think it really tells the history of money in many ways and the history of wealth um, in New York and across the country. So in the beginning, it was the glamorous. It was these millionaires, high society, the Astor 400. And now you have kind of, as I put it in the book, a decoupling of wealth and pedigree in some ways. You have people seeing it as an investment, as a place to park their money. It's less about the lifestyle and more about an investment. So many of the condominiums are empty at the plaza. People just use it as a, as a, a form of a Swiss bank account, a place to store their wealth. So I think it really does show how money's changed. Julie Sadow is the author of the new book, The Plaza, The Secret Life of America's Most Famous Hotel. Julie, thanks so much. Thank you. I'm Charlie Herman. This is Money Talking from WNYC. 